the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good morning, my dear friends, to all our dear audience on KNUS 710 AM or via podcast. I welcome all of you. This morning, we shall interact first by waking up, praising God. If you're sad, allow God to put a joy, a smile on your face. If you're married, give a good and warm greeting to your wife or to your husband. Give a good warm morning hug or welcome to your children and to all those who live with you. And do me a favor. It's okay to turn on your radio at 9.30 a.m. on Sunday morning and contact friends so they can join in as well. Next, of course, let us warm up the day by being nice to each other and by being nice to the Lord. This is Father Andre, and good Holy Sunday morning with God. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us to deliver us from darkness. You may see the Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 1, verse 78, and what follows. Bless the Lord, my soul. Never forget all he has done for you. My soul, give thanks to the Lord. All my being, bless his holy name. My soul, give thanks to the Lord and never forget all his blessings. It is he who forgives all your guilt, who heals every one of your ills, who redeems your life from the grave, who crowns you with love and compassion, who fills your life with good things, renewing your youth like an eagle's. The Lord does deeds of justice, gives judgment for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses and his deeds to Israel's sons. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Good Holy Sunday morning to you, my friends. And uh, this is Good Sunday Morning with Father Andre, and I have with us on the phone Lara Logan, our dear contributor and a friend. Good Holy Sunday to you, Lara. Good to have you again with us on the show. Thank you, Father. So, Lara, I do not want any political opinion. First of all, I want us to take a moment. You've been in the world. You've seen when victims fall. You've seen when ugly bombs break the bodies of people, burn their bodies, consume their flesh. Um, I honestly, uh, human beings, dogs, pets, cats, uh, um, flying birds, every, every, everything that is alive, get consumed by this evil fire. Who's hurting the most in the war, usually, when bombs are dropping? Who's really hurting the most? It's always the people who hurt the most. It's always the innocent who suffer. It's always um, those who have no power to affect the situation they're always the ones that pay the heaviest price and you know we we of course um our eyes are drawn to all of those who are fleeing their homes you know into the refugees into the wounded and to the dead but one thing that we often forget 
is you know all of the you know all of the medical procedures that were interrupted and things like that. Although you know there there are reports um, from different places in Ukraine, it's very easy to get a, a distorted view of what the situation is like everywhere because we tend to see we we have a narrow focus on uh, on the most dramatic events that are unfolding, and rightly so, because that's both where the story is and also, you know, any kind of human tragedy and suffering is important for us uh, not to ignore. But at the same time, you know, there's a very mixed picture coming from Ukraine. It's, it's, and this always happens in, uh, in any kind of uh, conflict. So, there is a degree so basically, of life if I were to focus, well. if I were to focus you, um, uh, Lara, for the sake of uh, uh, people knowing this is Sunday morning, they really want a good, do good deed. First of all, of a prayer, of fasting. Um, I would say exceptionally on this day. Uh, which is usually on Sundays, we don't fast, but we fast in solidarity for peace with the people who are suffering, as you said. While we cannot ignore the human tragedy, we still have to look at basically the context of some distorted or conflicting information, right? That's what you're saying. No, what I was saying is that there is normal life, too, that goes on in the midst of all the tragedy. So, you know, while you will have some people who are fleeing and some people who are under bombardment, there's still many people who are not. And there's many people who are not fleeing. And it depends on which part of the country that you're in and which city that you're in. So we have the sense that the entire country is going up in flames. I see what and you mean. And that's not the case. Do you know what I mean? I see what you mean. Lara, b before we go to these findings from your uh, journalism, basically, tell me a little bit about the history of Ukraine. I mean, I, I did the inaugurative show um, for the first time um, last Sunday, and I said, listen, Ukraine is a real meeting place between the East and the West. Do you have any comments on that? Can you explain to the people what does that mean, Ukraine being really a meeting place or a fighting place? It's either the battlefield or the field where they can make peace. But today Ukraine is on fire. Is it on no. fire because Russia and, and Ukraine or is it on fire because of East and West? What is really happening in history in Ukraine? Well, it's very interesting that you raise this question because, you know, of course, it wasn't so long ago that Ukraine was part of Russia. And so you have a real uh, dichotomy within Ukraine because, you know, many people speak uh, Russian, um, many people identify with Russia, but of course, many Ukrainians want their independence as well. So it's one of those situations where, you know, to us, we look at it from a distance and people uh, might be very distinct, but when they're there, um, there's, a, there's, as always, a real blend of culture and of history and, uh, you know, and of habits. But one thing that is left out of much of the writing of modern Ukraine is there, there was real controversy over the last election. And, you know, there's, um, there is a, a growing amount of evidence. Um, I've looked at it. Uh, I've, I've taken some time to look at it, but I haven't studied it as much as I would like. But there is, you know, there's definitely a faction within Ukraine that feels that the last uh, election was a color revolution, which is really a form, um, you know, of revolution that was mastered by the CIA um, to overthrow the uh, 
you know, and overturn legitimate election results or to or to um, influence elections for the outcome that they want. And so, um, you know, and there has been a, a, quite a distinct escalation in uh, the Nazi presence within the Ukrainian military. And this is a very, you know, it's a very odd kind of situation for us to be in because at the one moment in the U.S., you know, we're very much concerned with the rise of white supremacy. And yet, on the other hand, we completely and utterly ignore this element within Ukraine. And, you know, a lot of people got very upset when Putin said that he was going there to, to defeat, kick out the Nazis. And, you know, the automatic default is to go back to the Second World War, where, of course, so many tens of thousands of Ukrainians were murdered by the Nazis. But there's another part of that history. You know, nobody is denying that history. And Putin is not actually denying that history. But what um, what he is pointing to is the more modern history, where there has been a rise and a resurgence of Nazis who have uh, also been infiltrated into the Ukrainian military. And at the same time, there's another darker part of that history for the U.S., because the former head of the CIA, Alan Dulles, is the person who gave immunity and safe passage um, to the Nazis of Ukraine and protected them from the Nuremberg trials. May, may, so I, may, I, may I interrupt you to ask you a humanitarian question, just to, to raise again the focus. Do people have the right to dream of liberty, of freedom? You know, we, we, we stand, and th this of is course. what it seems, right? This is what it seems. The people of Ukraine have the right to do a cultural choice. I, I remember what you spoke about, I think, in 2014. There were many, many, many U.S. delegations of senators, Congress people who visited Ukraine, and I remember at the time, I think Senator McCain, you know, he declared that Ukraine will stay with Europe and the U.S. Then he told the people in the Maidan, basically, that, that big piazza that we see on the on all the TVs um, in these recent days uh, in Kiev, yeah. um, you know, he told them they have the support of the most powerful country on earth. Why is this wrong? Why, why don't, don't the Ukrainians have the right to feel loved by America, you know, to break this complex of inferiority that they have to be always subordinated, even though they're slavish? And I'm, I'm not debating what you're saying, but I'm saying in an objective way, if people make such a choice, even though they are not agreeing. First, you might be saying that there is disagreement within the Ukrainians themselves. That's one. And that's definitely true. Between West Ukraine, it seems it tends towards the West. East Ukraine, it seems yeah. it tends towards the East. There is no, yeah. there is no question. And, and two, there is a nationalistic party that seems to be very vivid. They actually got involved... Um, um, as it was Banderas in the 40s and in the 30s, they actually killed about 250,000 Jews. Am I right? In the history yes. of, of, of Ukraine? I mean, oh, oh, yes. I mean, the, you know, uh, the massacres and the mass graves and the suffering in Ukraine. Right. And that uh, was the place where and that was, was the place where terrible. Russians and Ukrainians actually suffered both. And they were standing as one Slavish people against the Nazis and against that particular party. You know, without entering into. Yes, but that's only a simple part of the history, Father, okay. because that leaves out the part where the SS was training in Ukraine. It leaves out the part of all the SS who settled in Ukraine and who were shielded from the Nuremberg trials. You know, we can't pretend that the history is only one part. And that's what we're looking at here. Everyone wants to act as if what's happening in Ukraine has ju is just between Putin and Ukraine. But it's not. This is about NATO. This is about the West. 
This is about the rest of the world. I mean, what, what is essentially happening here, and I'm not making a defense of Putin, it's just a reality that when NATO is going to move in and put uh, and expand beyond the original borders and the original treaties and so on and so on, and it is poised to threaten a country like Russia, uh, they're not going to do nothing. And, and so whether we agree with what Putin has done or don't agree with what Putin has done, the reality is that the West and the United States and other Western powers have pushed Putin into this position. That doesn't make his actions right. But to ignore that and to pretend that the expansion of NATO and the rise, you know, there are multiple reports from intelligence agencies um, that, you know, intelligence sources, I would say, not agencies, because, of course, the agencies will never confirm this. But intelligence sources um, who are concerned about the bioweapons facilities that are in Ukraine, if you look at Ukraine over the last decade and longer, there have been um, outbreaks of SARS and other illnesses and strange, you know, outbreaks that, uh, that have a foreshadowing sense about them of the pandemic. And we don't know what other work was being done there. Now, I haven't, I haven't been on the ground and seen those laboratories with my own eyes, but what it tells me when it comes from multiple sources, and I know that they're credible, is that there's, there is potentially something there. And it reminds me as a journalist that we don't know what we're looking at. Well, that, that's, that's where easy. I want to take, that's really where I want to take your mind. Again, um, you know, we, we want to help the people, want to feed the people. I noticed, for instance, you know, in 1986, I believe, the Chernobyl, wasn't it 1986? Chernobyl, yeah. yes. There's, Eight million people in Belarusia and Russia and in Ukraine, they actually suffered major radiation, and the world did not even talk about it, right? So I do see your point about the bioweapons as well being today a major concern. Um, so you're saying well, the, the Ukrainian people are victims of political intrigues between East and West, but they also are dreaming of a freedom. How can, we, how can we balance between the voice of a true Ukrainian human being today based on what's happening? They desire with, freedom. With the truth. With the truth. I mean, the only way to balance it is with the truth. Because, you know, we, we are, I mean, look at the world today. We are in a bigger situation when it comes to bioweapons. We would never have thought, you know, just a few short years ago that we could ever have shut down the entire world for something which, you know, ultimately, although it has killed many, many people, but ultimately it uh, is now, you know, very much treatable and, and survivable. And yet we are still, we still have children in the United States of America who are prevented from getting an education in person. I mean, it's pretty staggering. And so when you, you know, when you look at the fact, if, if there are U.S. bioweapons facilities in Russia and you look at what the, you know, the pandemic, the COVID pandemic has done to Russia and to the rest of the world, do you really think if you're Vladimir Putin that you're going to sit there and let those, those bioweapons facilities proliferate? So you're saying you're the bioweapon, you're saying to an American um, audience today for our human existence, for our religious freedom existence. I have a lot to cover with you, honestly, because I did contact somebody in Ukraine and they said, Father, the real concern on the ground that a real massacre against Christians might end up happening and a fight between Catholics and Orthodox might, er, might, might arise. A real fight between Ukrainian Orthodox and Ukrainian Russians might arise. There is definitely also a religious factor 
factor here that is very important that I want Americans to pay attention for because this is what we do in the mission of hope and mercy. We try to install a peace, reconciliation, healing between the people and the two patriarchates are not talking. So there is a whole, um, uh, there is a whole, I would say, scenario for catastrophes. But I really appreciate your yes, gut feeling also, is for that radiation. Also, Father Andre, don't leave out. They want to whitewash the history of President Zelensky, who is the hero of the moment. And they want to describe him as a comedian and an actor and everything. But, you know, there's a video of him where he's dancing in a band in black stilettos, wearing uh, leather pants with his chest open. And it's, it's all about, you know, S&M culture. And it's quite satanic, the video. And, you know, there are a lot of actors who don't have, you know, that kind of history. And perhaps it's, it's cultural and can be explained away that way. But when you look at that... You know, in light of the movement that is rising all over the world, where you have people in positions of power in the United States government who wear high heels to work, you know, um, and you, you have a lot um, of this being pushed on children in the schools worldwide. All of these movements and issues today have a global nature to them um, because we've been forced into one world and the digital world in which we in which we live a lot of the time, has the ability to affect the real world. And it brings us back to faith and to God. And I'm glad that you mentioned that because it's a very important part of the conversation that's being left out. I mean, I just, I don't know of a time in Two, two things I think the listeners w would want to hear in, in a very serene way um, from your end. I wanted to speak a little bit about the history because it seems this is not the first intrigue. This is not the first time Ukraine falls as a victim of, of these major, I would say, intriguing big wars. World War One, World War Two, and then uh, be, be before that in the 1500 um, there is there's a history of massacres and Ukrainian people have been always in somehow um, a platform a stage I remember when I called you offline you said Father Andre it's a shame the biggest pain in Ukraine is that it's a bloody stage now for world fights are you yeah. are you worried that this stage now is gonna escalate to a World War three this is really the question that our listeners need to understand, to pray about, and honestly, and to try to see what can we do to avoid such a thing, regardless of all the factors that you're trying to put together. Um, what, do you see a risk for me, World Father, War III? What concerns me, Father, is that there are people who stand to gain from pushing this to a World War III. That's okay. what concerns me. There's no reason for this on the surface you know, Putin invading Ukraine, but already before he even invaded Ukraine, there were people yelling from the rooftops that he was going to go further, that he was going to go beyond Europe. Um, you know, if, if Putin goes beyond Ukraine, the indications are he said when he was reelected that he wanted to restore the Soviet Union. And interestingly, there's never been a formal declaration of Ukraine's border, by the way. And so it's very easy for him legally, in, in a sense, to do what he's doing. But that doesn't make it right but it is but it makes it easy for him and um and if you look at him he's doing what he said he was going to do so but he's never said that he's going to go further you know into and take europe and rule the world whereas there are other people who say that repeatedly and when you talk about them you get branded as a conspiracy theorist which is a lie 
It's an absolute lie. Well, it's a, it's a factor too. to consider if it's well explained. And um, I'm, I do not want I do not want a World War Three. There is no question. No, um, nobody uh, wants yeah. World War Three. No, we don't want the people don't want World War Three because we will be the losers. But look what we're not talking about. Why are we spending so much time talking about Ukraine? Why did we have delegation after delegation in the Obama administration, you know, talking about the corruption in Ukraine? Why did we have an impeachment trial over Ukraine? Why do we send billions of dollars to a country that, that has uh, massive, massive, massive corruption issues? Well, for the what same, I would the say, if I may answer you, if I may answer you, I think it's for the same point that you said earlier, because the human tragedy that we see today in Ukraine precedes all these political injuries, unfortunately. Because that's all they want you to see. They want you to focus on the human tragedy and not see anything else, because that's how we get manipulated. So how can we... And, and you said... Job, what real reporters do, real reporters, they look at, they report, of course, the human tragedy has driven, uh, you know, everything that I've ever done in my life and in my work. But at the same time, real reporters bring with it an understanding of the context and the bigger picture, and where it's going. And if we allow them to manipulate us with emotions, there have been a number of fake stories already that have been misrepresented, right? If we allow ourselves to just be manipulated emotionally, we run the risk of being led into a third world war. So I, I love, um, I, think, I think I understand what you said. But we have to value the human tragedy currently, but we have to look at the political context about it. Otherwise, we will be allowing ourselves to fall into a bigger worldwide tragedy. And a bigger and, human tragedy. And a bigger That's human what tragedy. That's what you're that making. People, That's the point you're trying to make. Yes, that their suffering is being used and exploited to, to take us to an outcome so that we blindly follow with our hearts on our sleeves. Nobody denies the right of the Ukrainian people to be free. Nobody denies the suffering and the death. Nobody wants war. I mean, no decent person wants war, right? But what I'm worried about is that we're just being played. You know, I've been covering wars for a very long time. And when I look back at it now, I realize I was played. There was so much that I didn't know. And I don't want to be, you know, that's the benefit of having done this for 35 years. 35 years. The mission of Hope and Mercy now, with, with the help of many people, is considering starting, for instance, uh, a food program for the refugees who are coming to the borders of the neighboring countries and somehow. But uh, we noticed, we noticed the Arabic media, and I really need your opinion on this to see if you search this or not. Uh, the Arabic media and the North African media, they started highlighting all of a sudden a comparison on their local TVs, which I speak their languages um, eventually and I know you understand it as well they started making a comparison between the time when Iraqi refugees were coming towards actually Bulgaria, towards Poland, towards uh, um, all these countries with, with in Eastern Europe uh, um, and also the Syrian refugees crisis and, and before and also the uh, North Africans or the Africans when running across the sea to come to land in Europe they notice that there is a huge difference in the hospitality 
of um, the people who ran from Ukraine in this past two weeks versus uh, the people who were running out from the other side. The others, they, they locked them up, they fell in the sea, they sunk, they were being bombarded even on the beaches, they were being stolen, including Al-Arabiya was reporting that um, refugees were actually being, being stopped unless they are really Ukrainians from entering into some places. Did you search any of that? Is there discrimination between the refugees today who are over a million already um, running from Ukraine? Well, it's very difficult to know for sure without being there on the ground, you know, and that's what I miss um, because that's, uh, there's, nothing, there's nothing like experiencing it and seeing it with your own eyes, you know, to have certainty. Um, but if you, if, you, uh, if you look at the neighboring countries, I mean, um, Belarus has been working with uh, uh, Putin, and Poland, of course, has made it very clear that they stand against him. And Poland already has a large Ukrainian refugee population. So, um, you know, and, and I have read very moving accounts of people of what the, the situation is like at the border, you know, as people are fleeing. But then at the same time, uh, you know, I've read other accounts where there are many people who are not fleeing. Um, and, of course, you know, this is this is an interesting moment because we've not really <laughs> seen a military action like it, yeah. you know, where um, where Putin is not moving to. Uh, you know, for example, when the Taliban came back in, we knew that the, these terrorists were going to hunt down and murder every single Afghan uh, that they had been fighting against and that was part of the government and that aligned with the U.S. Okay. and so on. So they were all very much at risk. My God. They immediately, you know, people fled in terror. Lara, so I love, I love to continue this, this conversation with you for another episode. We want to pray, we want to thank God, reminding the people that God is a father. He's a gentle to his children. And so is the Lord with those who revere him. I pray that all of us in the East and in the West will revere the Lord and will make a peace amongst one another to avoid the real tragedy according to which all of humanity will fall in the hands of Satan. May God raise us all up. Thanks for joining us today for Good Sunday Morning with Father Andre. Father Andre and his team rely on your prayers and generosity to help feed over 5,000 families in Lebanon every month. Go to missionofhopeandmercy.org to learn more. Your support helps buy supplies from local farms and factories, employ truckers to ship the food, all to let these families know they are not forgotten. Go to missionofhopeandmercy.org and donate today. And join us next week at 9.30 a.m. for Good Sunday Morning with Father Andre. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.